Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and happy Halloween! Welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And the day's finally come. What day? Halloween day? We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what in today is Halloween day? <laughs> no, we're finally... Fetch t- me the biggest pumpkin. The one as big as me. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> now we're finally talking about a movie that I think probably truly is the origin story of our horror obsession. Like Halloween, we've talked about it a million times. Halloween has to be the starting point. That's like the real seed that got planted but i think before going out and getting into costumes you're at home watching cartoons as a child and surely to god ichabod crane and the legend of sleepy hollow has to be like the first thing you see that you're like oh my god this is incredible yeah i mean sorry mr toad sorry wind in the willows but, yeah fuck uh, that as kids <laughs> we all fast forward <laughs> we and pass that i've seen the end of mr toad more times than i can count just because i like try to find the spot in the yeah. vhs tape you and get then to the like, end you're just like all right, it was it's close fine. enough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which i gotta say sucks a little bit because there is a universal classic monsters horror connection to the wind in the willows segment it's narrated by Basil Rathbone, who played the son of Frankenstein, who we recently celebrated in the Graveyard Smash podcast series Patreon. But all right, so- deep cuts. Sorry, here. old boy, <laughs> you're out of here this time. We got Bing. <laughs> yes, he got old Bing, old Velvetans himself, and he does every single goddamn character in this movie. So he should. Yeah, it's mostly songs, and therefore Bing. So we're going to get into three good things about The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in a second, and then we're going to just gush about this movie for 40 minutes. It's truly one of the greatest pieces of animated film. We're going to gush about it longer than its runtime. <laughs> yeah, it's, what, 37 minutes long? We're going to we're gonna be here for at least pff, the next four and a half hours talking about how good it is, breaking it down second by second. We're one of those podcasts. Now. No, we're not. No. No. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to kind of want to hold your feet to the fire a little bit. Don't hold my feet to the fire. Just based on story alone, you can only choose one. Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow or Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. No. <laughs> <laughs> those are th- those have to be the two Halloween-ish-ist stories, right? There are two short stories in the world, in, mo- in American literature, that embody New England, <laughs> but also Halloween specifically. And I cannot think of a year in my life that has gone by that I haven't 
taken in both of those stories, right? Via The Simpsons. Via The Simpsons and via <laughs> Disney. Yes, and, and this year uh, also via Keith Morrison from Dateline. Um, Sleepy Hollow or The Raven. Which one's better? Which which one? Hmm, I'm just leaving it at that. Which one's better? And then maybe, I guess, which one do you think embodies Halloween more? I have to go with my gut. I'm just going to I'm going to go with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow for both. I know I, I cannot disagree. Legend of Sleepy Hollow definitely more of a Halloween story than The Raven, but The Raven's more about like psychological torment. It's like, ah, fuck this bird. Fuck this bird. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> yeah, I think truly uh, a better better story. Uh, that'd be my number one pick. Like, I think ultimately, if I had to throw one into the fire that I could never, oh, that I could never enjoy ever again. God, I don't like the sound of that. But the Raven, I think, is the ultimate. But I do, I do think it's very important that we both agree. Legend of Sleepy Hollow is like the heart and soul of Halloween. Right? The the quintessential Halloween tale. Like yeah. every urban legend, and we covered one last week. They're all springing from the roots of Sleepy Hollow. Well, last week's was a hundred percent a great value brand, Sleepy Hollow. Like it's very very much a Sleepy Hollow story. I mean, but every legend is trying to capitalize on this like tiny New England fall autumn town. Yeah. With a very spooky story attached to it. Yeah. Have you ever seen New England in the fall? It's gorgeous. <laughs> we also just happen to live, growing up, we just happen to live in, like, basically Canada's New England, so we've kind of just always grown up in that. But, like, goddamn, sweater weather, man, I miss it. We get it for a week out here in the, the Canadian tundra where we live now. <laughs> uh, but for anybody who hasn't revisited Ichabod Crane and the Legend of Sleepy Hollow in a little while... And I guess also for everybody out there who's also been obsessing about this their entire lives, what are only three good things about this animated short film? And we don't want to elaborate too much because we want to talk about it in a little bit. So for the first one, I'm going to say that it's the scariest animated Disney cartoon. So like best gateway horror for children. Of the animated stuff. Yeah. I, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know we did a dark-ass Disney double feature where we did a couple of their very scary live-action films. And Disney did explore some live-action spook shows. They got pretty scary. But as for animated stuff, this is fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah, it's also, number two, a incredible example of sound design and soundscapes. There's a there's an entire sequence in the movie uh, where we're exploring uh, Ichabod Crane's superstitious fear, but we show exactly where each of those sounds comes from. Like, he's terrified of the forest and all the weird, creepy sounds that it makes, but we zero in on where every single one of them's coming from, kind of like that scene in Blowout where John Travolta's got the microphone and he's hearing all the weird noises before he witnesses a murder. Number three, like a Halloween classic thing that we definitely need to bring back. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a thing. Ghost stories by the fire. Oh, fuck. Well, first off, we all need to get fires. <laughs> we all need to get fires. Step one, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone gets a fire. Doesn't Step two, it, yeah. you need to know a ghost story like a fucking knock-knock joke. You need to right? have one at the ready. That's the thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, like old man Van Tassel loved when people would regale him with ghost stories. It's like, you just need to know a ghost story the way people used to just know poetry. Yeah, just in case your wagon gets stuck in the mud and you need to stay at a fellow pilgrim's house. Oh, God. You need a fucking story. That's <laughs> that's the way to that's the way to hear a ghost story where you're just like I think this guy's going to murder me before the end of the night. Dear stranger, tell us about ghosts. That's the next political platform I need. I need we need a fire in every home and a ghost in every nightmare. 
That's that's what that's who I'm voting for for sure. And like you know what does not have to be a hearth. You don't have to actually have a fire. You can have cliff notes. I would not be insulted if you pulled cliff notes out of your pocket with your ghost story at the ready. Oh, I was talking more about the fire. I you think, just need to have one. You can just have a fire on a tablet. That's fine. You're like we all <laughs> just sit around the the LED glow and we regale each other with tales of the afterlife. Yeah, fucking ghost stories at Halloween. Man, what a great way to spend it. Mm-hmm. The only thing better is a ghost story at Christmas. It's honestly just like any. Anytime we have to get together, because none of us want to leave the house, but if we have to get together somewhere, ghost stories. I want somebody to scare my pants off as a reward for having to leave the house. Those are just three good things. We're just scratching the surface, because uh, there truly are a hundred more good things about The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, both the live action and the animated classic, but we're talking about the animated short today, and we'll be back in a minute to dive deep on everything that we love about this Halloween ghost story. For a rollicking ride through Sleepy Hollow, Walt and Bing bring to laughable, colorful light Washington Irving's exciting legend with that awkward schoolmaster, Ichabod Crane. Ichabod may be quaint, maybe odd, and maybe he ain't. Anyway, there's no complaint from Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Ichabod Crane, daring, reckless, losing his heart to Katrina the cutie, and his head when pursued by the hair-raising, headless horseman. Okay, so no word of a lie. And I mentioned this last week uh, at the end of the show. This was the very first scare I recall. This is the first time you remember being scared. Mm-hmm. And it very thoroughly scared me. This pro- this 30 minutes of television or this 30 minute special scared me for years now, as I, a kid. I have some insider knowledge on this because I've known Kim for a very long time. And I know the exact part of this that terrified her the most. And we're going to pause for a second. I want everybody to place their bets. Like, just think back to your favorite scenes from the, the the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, you know, where the fucking horseman pops up. We've got fucking, like, a pumpkin go. we got a whole-ass ghost story. we got weird fucking faces. Ichabod Crane eats a fucking hot egg that, like, turns, <laughs> turns his head into, like, a demon's steam. A hot egg. we got a weird old guy in a chair going, like, some don't even wear the skin. You're like, I don't know where that guy came from, fucking but he's spooky Nosferatu looking. out of nowhere. Yeah, but... What does everybody think the scariest moment of this entire short film was for Kim? 
Okay, so there was a there was there's a single moment, but the the entire sequence where he's riding in the dark after the story, uh, the whole fucking thing, <laughs> it's fucking nightmare fuel. Like as a as a nervous kid, the tension of walking in the woods at night. I guess I was very I was a very immersed child, uh-huh. and it was just too much for me. Like all this. of the sounds, like I used to have to like reason in my head, like oh look, they're they're not the <laughs> they're not the horsemen. Like that's just a you know like a. Uh, a, fr- a bullfrog. That's a raven. Yeah, we, it's, yeah, we think that it's there's a, a tree with yes. some June bugs in it. I was mentally like, "Look, it's all, it's okay, Kim. We can keep watching." <laughs> Kim was living the anxiety of Ichabod Crane in this moment. <laughs> I relate to Ichabod in in a way. You relate to anxiety. That's what it comes down. <laughs> Anybody in a horror movie who's just like, "Oh, what's gonna happen if I turn this doorknob?" You're like, "God, don't turn the doorknob." The scary stuff is not what scared me. Like once once the headless horseman was there. I was oh, yeah. fine. Well, you got a reason was, to be scared. Now. I was about it. I was like, look at this fucking chase. This is great. He's got no head. But leading up to it, I could not handle it. It was so fucking scary, which is really weird saying I could not handle it because I was the one putting the VHS into the VCR, yes. fast forwarding yes. through the tone. <laughs> this is all you. <laughs> and pressing play every Halloween. But it fucking terrified me. But the moment. Yeah. The. What's the goddamn moment? The quintessential nightmare fuel moment of Ichabod and not Mr. Toad is when he and his horse, he thinks he's riding. He thinks he's riding. And we look down and his horse's butt is stuck on a tombstone. The horse is a fucking asleep. The horse is great. But we're still hearing the, the like clop, 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 clop of the riding horse. Yes, yes, yes. And Ichabod gets tossed over onto a log and he sees that it's bull rushes. The bull rushes. Bull rushes like whapping on the log, making the sound of a galloping horse. Clop, clop. And the fucking laugh he lets out is just so fucking terrifying. They put this weird audio on it to really like give it a tunnely echoey sound uh-huh. not no other audio in in the short has that kind of rendering on doesn't it. sound anything like it yeah but it's deranged yes well his eyes are a little weird like he's he's very he's very happy to realize that he's he's kind of laughing at himself a little bit like oh how could i have it's been not so a scary silly? moment but just the audio there like it just it further exemplifies how deep in the hollow he is yeah like he's in the hollow he's alone yeah 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 it's great it's a cool little moment too because he's letting off the steam the release valve has gone you're like okay everything's all right we're fine and then the fucking horseman pops out of nowhere uh we're Look at all majestic with his magenta cape and this right. fucking purple backlighting. It's so hard to talk about on the podcast. Like, that would truly have been one of my good things if I had flashcards or this was a slide presentation. Because <laughs> just, like, the color palette of when the horseman shows up is amazing. Like, in the in the forest, everything's black, everything's dark green. We got a couple, like, bugs and whatnot that are... The up. entire color palette of the second half of the short is... Completely different from the first half. Yeah. The first half, you get like regular Disney cartoon. You know, there's there's townspeople with you know like a primary color up top and another primary color <laughs> on the bottom. Everything's very warm. It's well lit. We're yeah. in houses. Golden you know. green, baby. Yeah, and like we're at we're singing songs with a piano. Ichabod's eating tons of food. But <laughs> when we are in the hollow, it's 
blue and dark and eerie and the clouds are evil and the tree branches are spooky and it's just such good animation. I love to imagine that the Headless Horseman has set up floodlights so that way when he pops up it's just like, I got purple, bitch! And then, you know, <laughs> then there's another green floodlight that goes off and then it hits, you know, uh, Ichabod in the face. He's got an orange-ass pumpkin. Like, we get Halloween colors when we're in the hollow, in the forest, fighting that fucking horseman. It's incredible. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The other cool thing, too, about it, like, at least with the live action one, is, like, they really kind of paid pretty good tribute to this sequence in the horse chase with Johnny Depp. Because there's the whole rigmarole of, like, oh, I wind up backwards on my horse, and, like, oh, now I'm on the the horseman's horse with the horseman. Like, they actually kind of do all of that in the carriage chase sequence in the movie. In Tim Burton's. In Tim Burton's, Yeah. yeah. That's about the only thing they really lift from it. No, because they really, they really play, I mean... I think in casting Johnny Depp, you cannot have an Ichabod that's, you know, aloof and lanky. And I mean, he's a little aloof, but he's very, le- he's he's lost the lanky. He's charming. He's not after Katrina's money. So there's, here's the thing. And this, I, I wasn't exactly sure when we were going to bring it up, if it was going to be like a early talking point or what I was going to end the entire podcast on. But like, that's the coolest thing. Uh, about both of these movies. Like, obviously. Ichabod's a shitty protagonist? Ichabod is the shittiest protagonist! He, despite having a fucking demon ghost guy who's got no goddamn head chasing people through the forest, uh, it was probably just fucking Brom. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> is, Ichabod is the villain of this story. I think villain is a little harsh. I do not think so. Okay. I, uh, Give me your points. Per- Give me, come on, argue to me. So we, let's roll it right back to the beginning. We've got Ichabod. He is a school teacher who has rolled into Sleepy Hollow, probably from New York. He's from New York City. I think he's like, from Connecticut, but sure. Is he from Connecticut? I think so. What a nice place to live. Uh, anyway, and he gives up the, the glory of that countryside, that idyllic land that everybody abandons New York for, uh, to go teach in Sleepy Hollow, which I got to assume has to be how most teachers showed up in small towns. They were taught in the big city uh, and then they spread out into smaller villages to educate the farmland community Mm -hmm. right so every teacher showing up is kind of just a fucking city slicker who doesn't really understand this way of life they're incredibly greedy and opportunistic and they're just there to profit off of whatever the fuck they can get their grubby little hands on Ichabod is absolutely no different he it's it's I think it's important to his character that he's got such an appetite and he's very gluttonous that's it that's exactly (laughs) it he devours everything that he can get his hands on. Well, he's gluttonous. He's gluttonous for the food. Yeah. He's gluttonous for the women. And he's gluttonous for the wealth. That's so that he does not actually love Katrina. When Katrina shows up in the village, uh, Ichabod has already sort of established himself. He's he's uh, ingratiated himself in a lot of different aspects of the community. He's making, f- rather than punishing kids that are shitheads in his class, he makes good with their mothers because they're good, they're good cooks. He, 
He's a fucking con artist. And he just weasels his way into every corner of society so he can essentially have a free meal every day of the week. And when he meets Katrina, he's I, I think he's smitten by her good looks and her youthful charm like everybody else in the village because she's just like the budding beauty of the town. But the thing that really gets him about her is the family's money. Yeah. He wants the farm. He wants the wealth that comes with it. He wants the status. He doesn't actually dream about Katrina. He He, does dream about Katrina a little bit. He dreams about Katrina for a half a second until he remembers the farm. Like, we literally see uh, his daydreams of the wheat turning into gold and the lettuce turning into just, like, piles of money and then him literally becoming her father. I know, when he's talking about her dad eventually dying and he, he, in this vision, just assumes the position in the chair with all the jewelry the dad was wearing. It was just like, whoa. He doesn't want to do any of the work required to run a farm or own a farm. Even to run the fucking schoolhouse. No. he. So here's, here's, like, he is such a degenerate. When we see him in his apartment, it's like when you see uh, the you know the maniac in Maniac, like he is living in okay. a tiny little okay. hole. He's got <laughs> okay. a cracked ass mirror. He's using chalk as his uh, as his aftershave. He is nothing but the illusion of a real person. <laughs> he's a monster. <laughs> okay, and Brom knows wait it, and that's why he runs about <laughs> a fucking town. Okay, wait a minute. So I will agree with you on all of your points up to this point. <laughs> But I do also need to remark on the fact that there was a social currency back then. Uh-huh. If if a lone single man comes to town, sure, and he's an eligible bachelor, yes, how the town is going to handle him? They're going to take care of him. They're going to be feeding him. He's going to be in a different house every night eating food mm-hmm. because he's get probably staying in you know like the attic of some family's house, like because he's a single man. He's not going to have his own place. Sure. That's just how it was, John. Yeah, but I think he... He is also a huge dick, though. So. Yeah, because he, he is abusing their... Uh, goodwill. Their goodwill, thank you. Like, the welcome wagon, everything about it. He is just riding high and doing everything he can to make sure that the party keeps rolling. Like, everything is for Ichabod. He doesn't care about anybody else. He's only leading a choir practice. Because he's Bing Crosby. (laughs) Because he's Bing Crosby and uh, because they're going to bring lunch. Like, he's only there for the free lunch. (laughs) Which is kind of what's so great about this because it isn't until I'm an adult, necessarily, that I realize that. Like, I just think, like, he's just a goofy, lanky guy who's got a really big appetite. Yeah, as a kid, you're just laughing at all, like, the foodie hijinks. But yeah. when you're older, you're like, did he just steal a pie from that lady? <laughs> he's, he steals a lot of food. And the the, the other thing is, like, it, it feels just kind of like a city mouse, country mouse situation, right? Like... On the surface, that's what it is. Like, he's just, he's, he hasn't grown up in this town. He's an outsider. He's very, you know, early days of becoming a member of the community. So, of course, he's a little backwards from everybody else. And they all look at him a little funny because he's prim and proper and not, like, rough and tumble. He's not a fucking farmer. He's not one of the sleepy hollow boys who hangs out and plays schnooker and drinks schnapps, right? But he, uh... Half the sleepy hollow boys are dogs, by the way. (laughs) Yes, the sleepy hollow boys are mostly dogs and a couple farmers. And I, I... And Brom. And Brom. Who brings seems to be just delivering barrels of beer for everybody. He's great. So we need to talk about Brom though, because this is another thing that I noticed more as an adult watching it. Uh-huh. And in the narration, they basically say Brom is har- harmless. They say yes. he's a decent guy. Don't I, is it because of like 
the Beauty and the Beast. That's what I was going to say. I think as kids, he gives us total Gaston vibes. I thought they were interchangeable. And Gaston is such a douche. Yeah. So we're immediately like, look at this fucking Gaston over here. Yeah, about yeah, to yeah, fuck yeah, up yeah, yeah. Ichabod's shit. Yeah, they say that he's loud and boisterous, but he's also like, uh, he's a good member of the community. He's an upstanding guy. He's He is harmless and he is considered a hero of the town. Like he's, you know, he'd be the football quarterback to in a hundred years. To be fair, like, but- yeah, like, Katrina's homecoming queen and he's homecoming king. Oh, absolutely. Like they are fate like they are fated to be together in this town if Ichabod did not show up. Yeah, and Ichabod sort of, you know, creates a love triangle there. Like she's clearly using Ichabod. She's using everyone. She's using everybody, but like why wouldn't she? Like like why the fuck not? <laughs> but, okay, so it's okay when Katrina does it, but when Ichabod does it. Uh I don't know that she's necessarily like she is playing 3D chess and these boys are playing dominoes and they, <laughs> they don't even know the rules you know because she is essentially putting Ichabod between her and Brom to try and get Brom to soften his edges a little bit like hey man cool it down a little like if 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 he sees me with this Ichabod guy maybe he won't be as like big and muscly and everything like maybe he'll try and adopt some of like the softer qualities of Ichabod and become a, a better match for me like I just need him to wear out some of the testosterone that's fueling every decision he's making right now as a probably 17 year old boy well it's also just like a courting period like back then that's kind of what happened like I'm sure Baltus Van Tassel, I don't even know if he's called Baltus in this. I think he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Baltus Van Tassel in this is probably having these parties in order for his daughter to meet, like, all of the eligible bachelors in town. What a weird time, eh? Like, that's what was happening. You come to me on the day of my daughter's... Halloween party. Halloween party. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't tell me a ghost story? (laughs) You cannot have her hand in marriage. (laughs) Man. What what a world to live in where like that's the thing how you like you win over your father-in-law like you tell a dope ghost story by the fire damn and the ghost story is important because like even when we were, we're first sort of just like establishing this and we're coming into the story and Bing's talking about where Sleepy Hollow is. It's just, you know, back when New York City was nothing but a simple mining town. A little ways north we had Terror Town. That's little, pretty good. And then, What's oh, tucked away a little beyond that is Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're doing like the Nick Cage version of Bing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really just a lot of uh, seesaw between up here and down here. <laughs> like that's all you got to do. <laughs> Uh, Put the bunny back in the box. Put the bunny back in the box. Yeah, he does talk about it being a superstitious town, which you would, as a city person, go like, oh, aren't all small towns, like, they don't understand science, which is our Ichabod from the live-action Sleepy Hollow. Like, they, they, they aren't as educated and as worldly as we are in the big city, so they rely on myths and superstition. Yeah, but Ichabod is super fucking superstitious. He's superstitious and scared, but uh, I don't think that he derives a lot of his life lessons from those ghost stories and fables that we tell people. Okay, but when he walks into town, he purposely avoids a ladder he deroutes a black cat yeah, like good. he's good. A, he's a superstitious boy and Brom yeah. knows this and that's why he tells the oh, story oh absolutely this this story's tailor made for Ichabod Crane but part of it is a defense mechanism 
for these small towns from yuppie fucks like Ichabod Crane. Oh, like, you can't handle it here. Yeah, you can't live here. We got ghosts. Oh, you want you pff, You might as well go back to the city. I mean, like, yeah, sure. I mean, like, it's nice and ideal. Don't touch here, our women. Like, we got ghosts. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Like, it's the same reason Iceland isn't called Greenland and Greenland isn't called Iceland. Like, it was, at least I've always assumed it was just a fake out. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you assume it was on purpose? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. We named the bad one Greenland so people obviously go there first and they avoid Iceland. <laughs> we all know it's great. <laughs> These ghost stories were designed for life lessons and to scare away people. Like nowadays, we bring tourists in with those stories. But yeah, like Terrytown is like cashing in on this legend. Yeah, Terrytown, Salem, Massachusetts, like literally anywhere in New England you go has a ghost story. Like outside of New England, it's a true crime story. Like anywhere near the East Coast, ghosts. In the in, in the Midwest and the West Coast, probably murder. Like that's what's bringing things over. Like we've got yeah, we've got a fucking giant rock with some president's faces on it and, and stuff. And some cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've got something, but like the the ghost stories now are what attract tourists, but previously they were kind of like, ooh, you got to watch out for this place. Ooh, I don't know. It's nice and all, but you, ooh, you might want to just, oh, if we could leave, we would, but it's good that you're just passing through. Yeah, like in 1902, people weren't flocking to Terrytown to like go over the bridge. <laughs> no, which, that, hey, by the way, if you want to go, that bridge still exists. It's and not the same. <laughs> it's got a sign. It doesn't have the cover, does it? No, it's not a covered bridge anymore. It's which just so like sad. But there's old, a really fucking cool graveyard right they, by it. An incredible graveyard that you have to take to on uh it closes itself off at night which sucks it's yeah, like we, the, yeah. night's the one time you want to <laughs> go so if you could find like a nice foggy day take a nice afternoon tour through the graveyard at, at sleepy hollow and case in point on how those stories work is the legend of sleepy hollow like this story even back when it was written way in the day and now when we watch it is about how these stories protect this community. This is found footage, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, we are reading the the story by the fireside of a story by a fireside. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's... Okay, that's fair. That's, that's cool. Th that's exactly it. Like, they... Brom obviously liked Katrina, but I think he's taking more of a protective role here by pretending to be the Headless Horseman, uh, maybe, and running Ichabod out of town. Like, obviously he wants Katrina more than anything else, but I think inherently he knows that this guy is does not belong in the community and is only bad news. Like, if he just stayed and he was a teacher and then, like, you know, maybe just was happy with that station in his life, it'd be fine. But he is a cancer that is coming into the community that will spread and will ruin things. Like, it's he's going to upend their way of life uh, slowly but surely. Yeah, but science is good. I didn't say change is good. I didn't say that educating them was bad. I just said that he he's not going to respect this. He's not going to respect the land. He's not going to respect their way of life. Like they're philosophically opposed and he's going to run that farm into the ground. Okay, fine. It's fair. <laughs> I mean, these are Brahm concerns, but they're fair concerns. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now the only thing that I'll say pokes a hole in what I have outlined here. Is I, one incredible moment. I know the moment. I got the moment. It's it's when Ichabod is almost run to the the bridge. Yes. But then he gets stuck in the mud. The horse gets turned around. He's running away. He collides with the headless horseman. Yes. And he looks down the neck and it laughs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now now let's let's be let's 
that is a hundred percent it. But let's, uh, you know, Ichabod's fear level is level ten right now. So as long as Brom's wearing a black hat under there, you know, he'd never see the top of Brom's head, uh, and he would assume that he was looking into the abyss of a ghost's cape. Yeah, I was gonna come to this podcast theorizing and seeing what you thought if it was Brom actually doing it. Yeah, definitely in the original legend, Brom totally ran him out of town. In both the Disney and the Tim Burton paranormal, right? Uh, so I, I, th- these are Brom's my th- fucking around with the story. And then mm. in the 1999 one, there is an incidence where he does pretend to be the headless horseman. Sure. Yeah. And throws the pumpkin or whatever. But yeah, then we find homage. out it's Brom and then Brom gets sliced in half. And oh, we love it's, it. Love it when he gets sliced in half. That's like the best fucking death ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like these, these are my favorite ghost stories where there is clear-cut evidence that proves that there is a reason and an and a explanation for all of it, except for one little thing that throws it all up in the air, which is him looking down the collar uh, and and I, I assume seeing that there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a ghost story that is essentially, it's presenting itself as a ghost story. Like, oh no, we're totally about a headless horseman. I'm totally just a fucking demon Hessian from the earth that's running you out of this forest. I want your fucking head, bro. Um, I like that he'll settle for a pumpkin until he gets a head. Yeah, well, he's practical. This but is great. Yeah, it's like- uh, How festive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so those are those are my favorite ghost stories that that sort of like play both sides, but ultimately tip just a little more into paranormal. So like you can look at it one way or the other, and chances are it's not paranormal, but maybe like that's that's all I want. I want a ghost. Yeah, there's story not to enough a, to try, Brahma. <laughs> yeah, no, there is not beyond a reasonable doubt. Can I say that this is not a paranormal incident? And it's pretty great how ambiguous the ending is because all we're left with in the morning is Ichabod's hat and a smashed pumpkin. Yeah. So like very easy for Brom to do. If he's if he's scared Ichabod out of town, one, it proves that Ichabod didn't really care about Katrina that much if he's just like, you know what, fuck this town, it's too spooky. Uh-huh. Uh, I can just go teach somewhere else. And he doesn't have many roots here. He can uproot instantly. Also, we do show, just to, to just add a little more point or a little more uh, weight to my argument here, uh, we do end with saying, that like rumor has it that he's out with he's out living with some old widow <laughs> like so he immediately took over some old helpless woman's life and is just living off her fortune and has like 12 ichabod looking children they look just like him they do they have the huge nose they got a huge nose <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also like if you want to go really dark oh that brom killed him oh <laughs> yeah. that's that, that you're right that is dark like that is <laughs> Which... If you want to make somebody disappear and you've yeah. got a ghost legend one night a year where people can be spirited away. So now now the, the ghost story that he has told at the party isn't to isn't it's to drive premeditated murder. It's yeah, it's not to drive fear into the hearts of, of well, into the heart of Ichabod Crane. It's laying a groundwork for covering up a murder. I can't wait to see what Keith Morrison thinks on Dateline. <laughs> I really can't. He's going to read it. Uh, what's the podcast called? Uh, it's called uh, Morrison Mysteries. Yeah, so he's, I, if you haven't listened to Dateline, he's got like the smoothest true crime voice in the biz, and he's going to read Sleepy Hollow, and it's going to be dope. Yeah, it's gonna, at the end, it's going to be like- There better be theories. There was never, a, like, no one saw any sign of Ichabod after that. Pretty convenient for Braun, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> or did he? <laughs> Fucking Keith Morrison. 
So what, what, like, if you could, if you could just put money down, I know it's an ambiguous ending and it's ambiguous for a reason, probably because there isn't a real answer. Yeah. But if you could put money down on one, like if you were to say this is probably the most likely one, which would you pick? That Brom is the headless horseman who runs Ichabod out of town and that he didn't kill him, but scared him away completely. That's that's why I put money on my heart, though. Spirited away spirited away by a ghost yeah, yeah. No, like headless horseman is real and maybe it was just the telling of the story that brought him back maybe he does come along every halloween night uh i i, I love to pretend and believe that the horseman is real yeah and and to further your point earlier about how like the townspeople like love the ghost stories and it's it's only ichabod that's frightened of it while brahm is singing his spooky story which is another moment of the of the film that just looks fantastic because mm-hmm. his song like he's illuminated by the he's fire backlit, yeah. and the cartoon they like outline him in yellow firelight it looks so good they make everything about the entire scene scary like it's it's a great little prelude to the spooky dark forest because everything's like, covered in shadows and like looming over Ichabod. It's it's so spooky, like so Halloween spirit, like dialed up to eleven. But we while he's singing that song, while he's telling the ghost story, we cut to Katrina and she's laughing and having a fucking blast. Yeah, exactly. She is loving it. She's she's like <laughs> because spooky spook. <laughs> yeah, and like I think that's true about everybody in that room. They are all having a ball with this story, knowing that the story's not real. But like, there's a nugget of like. Here's the thing about every sort of like farm, sp- homespun farm tale wisdom, and like little ta- you know, spooky little stories you hear everywhere. Even just like folklore from the old country, you know, it all has a nugget of truth to it. Like I either something about the human existence, or just like usually a fear of death, <laughs> um, or 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 just sort of some sort of PSA hundreds of years before television. Like, something about this is either to warn people about an actual real-life danger or to, I don't know, explore an existing underlying fear that everybody has. So know? what is the PSA here? Don't use a sleepy horse? Like, <laughs> You can't reason with a headless man. And I don't think Ichabod Crane has a good head on his shoulders. There's no reasoning with him. You got to get him the fuck out. Hmm? <laughs> I literally just pulled that out of my ass right now. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I noticed, I think maybe just on this watch, is that his horse, Ichabod's horse, it's not his horse. He no, no, no. He steals bought... that horse. You, do you think he steals it? He still has the hoe on him. Yeah. So, I, he, I mean, well, so Bing's obviously being a little satirical or sarcastic here because he does say that he... Oh, oh, does he say he procures or borrows? I don't know, but he that's definitely not his it's horse. It's not his horse, yeah, because it's got they're the well, hoe on it. They're well matched, though. He doesn't even know well enough to take the goddamn hoe off the horse before leaving to go to the party. He's just lucky it snaps off and breaks. He's a complete idiot. He does not belong in this town. <laughs> yeah, it is surprising to watch it, like, how not good of a guy Ichabod is. Yeah, but he's, and the funny part is that he's still so lovable. And I think it's just because he's gangly and he's tall and he's just weirdly shaped, you know? Like, he's just, he's kind of a lovable idiot. But, uh, but Brom knows the real danger behind a lovable idiot. Like, they all look like they're just sleepy, simple folk, but they know more about people and can and, than, than, than Ichabod thinks. Well, and this is not the first schoolmaster they've had. Exactly. Why are they replacing their schoolmaster? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. You think this is like a Wicker Man mm-hmm. scenario? Like, every year they have to sacrifice a fucking schoolmaster <laughs> to the Headless Horseman? <laughs> That's a good story. That is a good story. 
Like they they keep bringing in these single men and they and they rope them in with Katrina. Oh, so it's a real it's a it, this is a com- combo between the original Wicker Man and the new Wicker Man. The whole town is involved. <laughs> yeah. It's right after the harvest, uh, just like that movie Dark Harvest. If you guys have watched that, that hit Amazon Prime this year, and the the Honey Trap Ladies of Neil Labute's The Wicker Man. I think the only other thing I want to mention that we didn't really talk about is just how well done the action sequences are. Oh god! Like it's it's fun and it's silly, and I think that's a a, a in a way for Disney to alleviate how scary that sequence is where mm-hmm. Ichabod is being chased by the headless horseman. Like they do a really good job of making it hijinks. Yes. But the animation is just so fast and furious. I can't recall an action sequence from original, like classic Disney cartoons, like when they were hand drawn. Like this is 1949. Mm-hmm. That is this fast paced and action filled. Like, these characters are doing crazy things. I know. The horses, like, like yeah. just the movement, the switching of positions, it's it's bonkers. That's And, like, that was the beauty of Disney back in the day, too. Like, there's camera movement with the animation. Like, there's, like, crane movements uh, in a 2D world. Like, we, we are swooping around the, the horseman and Ichabod in a sequence where we're, we're basically going around a tree. Or where the... Or, like, when he goes down into the ditch and the horseman jumps just, like, pops up. up out of the, oh. the fucking air. Oh. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I mean, can't sing the praises enough of old school animation, like the that old uh, classic Disney animation. There's nothing like it, and there's there are layers to the animation in this that you usually it's 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 mostly used to show like the encroaching forest and like how it's sort of like swallowing Ichabod up, or how, like how the clouds are hands that are just like oh, such a good shot. Yeah, right. Just like closing the moon in their in their palms. Ugh, it's so good. You know that this won uh, a Golden Globe for Best Cinematography? That's so cool. Yeah. it's like, And this is back when they were still splitting up uh, awards based on color and black and white. So it won Best Cinematography for in color. But this was combo Wind in the Willows and Ichabod Crane. So it's kind of the both of them together. Mm-hmm. But I also I just love that it's not Best Animation. It's, it's Best Cinematography, period. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I wish animation could be considered among the other categories because it it is still like same as how horror and action and even superhero stuff aren't really recognized animation is always like shoved into into its own little category unless they're dealing with song song is the only one where you Mm. find it overlaps like it's either a musical or an animated movie yeah because way back when snow white was with the regular movies because snow white was cinema Right. I mean, we're starting to see that a little bit now. Like, we are starting to see more animated movies get nominated for, like, best feature, not just best animated feature. Just Pixar. Well, yeah. I mean... You made us cry. Here's your vote. (laughs) I mean, back in the 40s and the 30s, like, what movie studio was there other than Disney that was getting those accolades, right? Like, of course, we've only really got one house, maybe two, that's doing it now. Uh, Sorry, Sony. We all love, you know, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but you're not winning the awards. (laughs) To your point, like all the action sequences, all of the bits of this, there's there is a whole hour and a half feature condensed into like 37 minutes here. And it's it's really fucking tight. And every single time I watch it, I see some tiny little new detail. that's great. The other the other fun thing is is to watch how creepy everybody's eyes are in this movie. Every pretty much every character in the movie has a moment where their eyes do something really fucking weird and bizarre even the choir girls when they like (sighs) before they pass out they have like these double blinks where their eyes are all white because they're they're 
their eyeballs have rolled in the back of their heads. Uh, Ichabod Crane eats that weird egg. His eyes roll in the back of his head, and then he's like, he turns an entirely different color. The guy who's sitting in a chair, he's like, some don't even wear their skin. Obviously, I'm obsessed with that guy. His eyes go green right before he disappears. We've got a headless horseman who's got fire for eyes. We've got pumpkins that cats are hiding in, and the eyeballs are peeking out of them, too. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of eye things. Flies, uh, fireflies are the eyeballs of a weird ghost reaching out to Ichabod. Like, there's a lot of human embodiment in uh, in the foresty stuff, but yeah, everybody's eyes are weird in this movie. It's kind of like a like a Fulci thing, you know? Like Fulci's just like, I don't know, fuck it, let's let's stab him in the eye. <laughs> uh, the, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow is also just like, isn't it fucking weird when eyeballs don't look normal? Well, because eyeballs are the window to the soul. And the headless horseman has no soul. <laughs> doesn't have eyes. <laughs> God damn, I love this movie. So good, such a good legend. I I think we should celebrate tonight by watching the 1999 version. I like that idea. You know, it, it's interesting. I feel like I've talked myself into liking it a little bit less just based on the original legend. Like I'm kind of sad that. Um, oh, you're saying me talking about Ichabod that, ruined it for you a little no, bit? No, that just like Brahm is diminished and like that Ichabod is really the hero and he's such a good guy. Like it's a fantastic film. It is a great blend of of horror and like Halloween fun. Yeah. But I'm a little sad that it didn't stay truer to the legend now. Oh, no. And I never had that feeling Oh, that's before. interesting. That's So that's one of the things that I've liked about it so much is that Because it is, it's they... very paranormal. Like, the oh, Headless yeah. Horseman is a fucking thing. Hell yeah. And he, the outfits are great. He comes from the afterlife out of a fucking dead tree oh, where, like, the, so good. the heads, like, the inside of the tree is guts and the heads are all there. Man. It's good. It's incredible. It's really good. And, and but the thing I... I like it more but for it that But it means reason. we're still open it's... for a Sleepy Hollow interpretation that- I don't want another one. That makes it prom. No, no I don't. No, we've got two. They're both perfect. They're they, both yeah, different. True. Don't that's fuck true. with it. Do not give me a, a Sleepy Hollow musical. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's how it's, that's how it's going to go, and I don't mm-hmm. want that. Don't listen to Kim. She does not speak for the both of us. <laughs> And that said, my rating is four out of four. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. It's been with me so long, and I have, like, I, I don't think a single Halloween has gone by that I have not watched it. Exactly. And the <laughs> have not watched it 18 times. Like, we'll watch it, like, ooh, let's ring in the Halloween season by watching Ichabod Crane. And then, like, oh, I'm for forever since the giggles. Let's just watch it again the next morning while we have coffee. Like, all yeah. the time. If I could watch it, if I could, if we could have one room in our house where it was just always just on. Just the Ichabod room? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, it's cool, too, because this is, so this is the first Halloween in a while that we haven't been traveling. So I've actually been able to do the 31 Day That's Horror true. Challenge. Yeah. But all years previous, like when we were traveling in the RV and stuff, we would always bring this and watch it on our tiny little TV VCR combo while we drank our coffee in the morning. Yeah. And like that became such a fun little tradition. I'm kind of sad that we're not doing it this year, but it, it has been fun to be able to do the 31 Day Horror Challenge for once. I can put it on a tablet and we can watch it in the backseat of the car if you want. Like I could just do that. <laughs> It's not as magical. No. There is nothing out there that embodies Halloween quite the way that The Legend of Sleepy Hollow does. Uh, I, I, You know, the, a lot of what I've been discussing today is watching it as a 30-year-old, you know? Like and as, having seen it 120 times. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm I'm really watching it now. Um, but, like, as a kid growing up, even now... None like, of those nuances landed. No. None of them. Like, there was a spooky ending, there was funny food guy in the beginning, yes, and there it. was yeah. scary story <laughs> Brom in the middle. That's, that's the alternate title. Like, oh, man, I love when funny food guy gets attacked by that headless guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's truly something special, uh, and it's 
something that I hope you guys also, and I've got to assume probably include as part of your Halloween watch list. And I'm glad we finally talked about it here on the podcast. We've been, I think since year one, I've been like, we should do Sleepy Hollow maybe. And it's just like something we've always put off, but it wouldn't be Halloween without the Headless Horseman, right? So sad, but that concludes our Halloween coverage for the year. This is our very last episode before Halloween, so John and I want to wish you a very happy, spooky, scary Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. We we hope you have an amazing time at whatever parties and costumes and and whatever you're doing, even if it's just staying home and handing out candy and watching movies. That's fantastic. Order yourself a pizza. You deserve it. But let us know what you're up to, what you're doing. You can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can find us in the NOFS Podcast Discord. That is at NOFS Podcast podcast.com slash discord um there's tons of different channels you can chat about movies you can share your costumes you can do whatever you want to do in there it's kind of a free-for-all yeah and we've still got a few days left in the patreon feed uh, every episode that we have put out in october uh, is free for you to listen to whether or not you're a member of the fiend club we've got a drive home from the drive-in review of the exorcist believer we've got a preview of our graveyard smash podcast series talking about the invisible man uh We've got a What's Keeping Us Creepy. If you're looking for more stuff to watch this Halloween season, it's your ultimate streaming guide. Maybe a couple indie movies that you'd missed uh, if you're looking for something to watch on Halloween night. And if you need more content, we're keeping Halloween alive 365 here in the podcast feed and in the Fiend Club. Join us. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.